Hello, hello. Um, we are getting rocking and rolling up here. Uh, this is a live Q&A show. Hello to everybody who is uh, here with us uh, already. Um, hope everybody's doing wonderful. Uh, say hello if you're if you're here live. Uh, I see Mark's here uh, over on YouTube. Thank you for that. Jasmine, Esty Bestie, my girl, our esthetician in the Knoxville office. Go see her. I need to actually schedule um, with you, Jasmine. Um, as you know, it is definitely that time. Um, for any of those who have not seen our, our waxing video, um, I am I am one of those candidates that do need waxing. Uh, Tracy, how's it going? Great to see you. Uh, great to see everybody. Man, I, I'm, I'm so pumped about these Tuesday Night Lives. We have so much fun. Uh, and the opportunity to, to get to hang out with you all each week is... Uh, is truly amazing, and we really do appreciate it. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, okay, we're going to get going here. got the okay from Dr. Rogers that he is ready to roll. Uh, okay, we got some great questions that came in throughout the week. Um, if you're with us live, um, we're going we're gonna to do live questions in the uh, probably in the second half of this show. Uh, we're going to go for about 45 minutes. And uh, we're going to take some live questions, um, as we always do. Uh, so thank you guys for, for being here. Thank you guys for hanging out. Um, Dr. Rogers, what's going on, man? Hey, Ben. How are you? I am wonderful. Uh, uh, for those who are with us live, this is uh, <laughs> Dr. Rogers and I's opportunity to get to hang out. Uh, so thank you for letting us, uh, letting us uh, do this with you each, uh, each Tuesday. Bianca, how's it going? Great to see you. Great to see you again. I, I think Bianca, we got a package coming for you. We got a package for you, Bianca. Uh, yeah, is it's, I, it's I should think, be on its way. I think they're are they Nashville? Yeah, they're yeah. Nashville. Um, yeah. Love our Nashville Nashville people. Um, love our Knoxville people. Kingsport, Johnson City. Uh, love the whole the whole East Tennessee and Central Tennessee. It looks like we got here. Barbara, what's going on? Jamie, how you doing? Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for uh, for following along and um, checking out our stuff. Uh, if you guys have checked out our, our YouTube channel, uh, we appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, that means a lot to us. It helps us be found by more people like you. Um, we got Gray in the building with Carol. Hello, Gray. Uh, we love Gray. I think they have the – don't they have the festival there? Um, what is the festival called I've been to in Gray, Tennessee? Appalachian Fair. App no. Is that what it is? I think it is. I, I think, think it's it is. already I think it's already passed, but it could be. Who I knows? think it's it's in September at some point. Is it? Okay. All right. Guys, Roseanne, what's going on? Great to see you. Great to see you. Debbie from Maryville slash Knoxville. Uh, I went to um, Foothills Milling Company uh, a week ago for a friend's birthday. Love. My first experience was amazing. Uh, so shout out to Foothills Milling if you guys know that. Um, okay, let's get to the questions. Um, and if you're with us live, go. Uh, you can go ahead and put your question in the comments. Um, we will we will get to those here shortly. All right, what are your recommendations for taking quercetin if you take Synthroid for hypothyroid? Um, you know I don't see any contraindications to it. Some a couple of people have asked me that, and you know, I don't see I don't see any contraindications to it. 
I mean, just make sure you take your Synthroid on an empty stomach. And, you know, if you want to space it out, you can space it out and take your Quercetin in the, at the evening meal. But certainly, um, uh, you know, if you have hypothyroidism, you really got to watch out for cruciferous vegetables and all. Maybe that may affect your thyroid function test or at least could affect a goiter. But I'm okay with quercetin and Synthroid unless I don't know something, but. All right. Thank you for that. And, and, and that does bring up a question I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you here in a bit about spacing out uh, vitamins. So uh, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. Um, second question is, how long are you contagious after testing positive for COVID? When is it safe to be around family without worrying they will catch it? Well, the general rule is uh, 10 days. You're contagious for 10 days after your first symptom. Um or um, until all your symptoms are gone. Like even after day 10, if you're still coughing and running fever, you're still contagious. So, you know, that's, that's very equivocal. Um, but in general, uh, 10 days after your first symptom is your period. Um, and you may be somewhat contagious before you get your first symptom. So it's a great question. A lot of people are certainly thinking about that uh, and this is actually I, you know, we've get we've been getting a, a couple elderberry uh, questions here. Uh, I always used elderberry during flu season as preventative measures, but I've heard it's not safe for COVID. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, maybe as a preventive, but um, I never use it during treatment of COVID um, because it's it's somehow it downregulates it. So. I, I'm not good with treating it with elderberry, but you can certainly take elderberry to boost your immune system. But um, if you get COVID, I don't think it's necessary or perhaps may not be good. So if you get COVID, it's a no uh, for preventative, keeping the immune system strong. It's a yes. Thank you for that question. Um, I actually really, I like the aspirin questions because um, we, we talk quite a bit about them, about aspirin, about the 81 milligram. My 56-year-old husband takes a baby aspirin every day. Are there any risks to temporarily stopping uh, for a week-long vacation uh, a low-dose aspirin regimen? No, not really. I mean, certainly if you have known cardiac disease and uh, our history of DVT or blood clots, and you know, you may not want to go a week without doing it, but certainly a week is not going to hurt you. I actually like you to take a little breaks from your vitamins anyway. That's why I recommend most vitamins be taken six days a week instead of seven. But, um, you know, certainly I love taking an 81 milligram aspirin. I think it, you know, there's no doubt it protects your cardiovascular system and also cuts your risk of colon cancer by as much as 40%. So, but no, it's not going to bother anybody to stop it for a few days. all right. Thank you for, for that. And welcome, uh, everybody who's joining us. We really appreciate you uh, hanging out with us on this Tuesday evening. Beautiful evening outside. Uh, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, we're taking health and wellness questions tonight. Uh, we're going to go for about 45 minutes. So if you have a question, put in the comments. Um, let's get to the next one here that came out, uh, came over throughout the week. This came over on email. Is it possible to get too much cysteine if eggs, chicken, yogurt, et cetera, are part of my daily diet and I start taking the 600 milligram of NAC daily? Um, 
I mean, yeah, you could possibly get too much, I mean, especially if you had a history of uh, certain kind of kidney stones, but um, it'd be very hard. Um, you know, you'd probably have to go way past the 1200 milligram mark, in my opinion, from what I've read on it. But, um, you know, I think that's fine. And I certainly like the knack, especially, um, I take it every day and, um, I don't eat eggs anymore. Um, I cut my eggs out. So many people are allergic to eggs. It was on my food sensitivity list with egg whites and, Certainly, I eat organic chicken. I don't really eat much yogurt anymore either, but um, not that it's, I just do intermittent fasting, so um, I don't have a need to eat yogurt. Most of it has too much sugar in it anyway. Um, but, uh, but so I think you're pretty safe. I mean, if you start precipitating kidney stones or feeling bad in any way, just stop it and see if it goes away. But, um, That'd be hard to do. That'd be hard to do. All right. Thank you for that question. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, that's a COVID question. From what you're seeing now, how likely is it that a healthy person who is not in a high-risk category would be able to get the monoclonal antibodies if they tested positive for COVID? Well, I've certainly seen a lot of people from monoclonal antibodies. Um, I think they're going to get more lax on this. I really do because now you can get them sub Q, you know, at some pharmacies. There's a couple in um, Johnson City that we send them to. You get four different subcutaneous injections. They can't give you just one, it's too much volume. So they have to split it into four subcutaneous shots. Um, but they're a little more lax on who they're giving it to. Um, you know, if you get the IV infusion, it's a lot of, it's kind of a hassle. You know, some people are having to wait four days. You need to get it early. Um, so I'm, ho and I've even heard there's another group in Kingsport that's starting to give them. You know, they, you, you go to a tent or they give them inside your car. So definitely, if you have risk factors for doing bad with clothing, the, la the last patient I saw today by telemedicine, um, I sent them for, or I'm going to send them in the morning for monoclonal antibody subcutaneous. Um, so um, I think they're going to make that more available and uh, this to, to average people who don't have to be 65 or a BMI over 35 or kidney disease or cancer or heart disease. So and, I'm hopeful that you'll be able to. And there is a follow-up to it. And uh, they ask, uh, if available to all, does it require a doctor's order? You know, um, that's funny because it, I thought it did until the last patient today. I called over there to arrange for tomorrow for them to get it. And they said, all, the, all you got to do is have the patient call us. Hmm. So I, I think they're going to start opening this up. You might want to prove that you've had a positive COVID test, but, um, and I don't think it's available for prophylaxis at this point, but, um, and I wouldn't get it for prophylaxis, I don't think, but, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you can probably get them without a doctor's order. Hmm. Um, All don't right. hope to do that, but we'll find out tomorrow morning if that's true or not. All right. Thank you for, for that question. Uh, this one came over on Instagram. Thank you for everybody who's following us over there. Um, why is birth control simple to get and testosterone is much more difficult to get? Um, 
That's a great question. Well, probably because testosterone um, itself is a class three um, control substance, and whereas birth control is not. It's not in. It's not classified uh, in that manner, so you don't have to. You know, it's not a controlled substance. So um, that's actually a very good question. Remember, yeah. birth control. Birth control pills can also. They can decrease your testosterone level itself, so you may need both. But um, certainly, that's a great question, man. I'll tell you, the birth control pills are getting expensive from what I've heard. Hmm. Um, they're really charging a lot for them. But uh, but yeah, because testosterone is in control, and because you know it's hard to abuse birth control pills, but you certainly could abuse testosterone by taking just a crap load of it. You know, like the bodybuilders do. So. That's um, a, a really, that's a great question. That is a good question. Um, all right. Can my wife and I split an ivermectin per week and it still be effective? There goes that I word that we weren't going to talk about tonight. <laughs> that no, no word that nobody likes anymore. Uh, but sure, you can split the, yeah, you can split the dose. You know, right now during the Delta, um, personally, I'm taking it twice a week, but, um, you know, just because of the surge, I'll back down to once a week once uh, this Delta surge is kind of waning down. But, yeah, you sure can, you sure can. Just make sure you're getting the right dose per weight. Um, for preventive measures, I use 0.2 milligram per kg. Um, so that's the dose. All right. Thank you for that, for that question there that came over on Facebook. Um, real quick before we get into the comments, so and guys, if you're with us uh, live here, go ahead and put your your question in the comments. We're going to get to those here in a second. Um, what what is your thoughts on spacing out vitamins um, throughout the day? I get the whole you know six days a week kind of cycle off one day, um, and a lot of that's because you know there might be days where we forget, build in that that day off. Um, how do you space yours out? Um, and, and for the people who want to see his, uh, vitamin list, it's, it's a, it's a large vitamin list. It's on our website, performancemedicine.net. If you just, uh, search vitamins, uh, you will find it. Um, well, I do take a, a lot of vitamins, you know, it's at the base of my food pyramid. I think your vitamins and supplements are, are so important. Um, but most of my vitamins I take with food because they tend to upset my stomach if I don't. Um, now, and, and certainly the fat-soluble vitamins are better absorbed when you eat a fatty meal. Um, but so I just split them because it's, I take a lot of vitamins and I split it into three different, two or three different type times during the day. But I certainly don't take them in the morning anymore just because I don't, Black coffee or water is all I take in the morning. I'm very strict about that. And, you know, it's intermittent fasting. And, man, have I felt so much better after doing that. I mean, I, I'm leaner than ever and have more energy. I don't get hungry uh, as much as when I snack or graze. So I think intermittent fasting is great. So And space you like certain vitamins. You need to space it out like you're – omegas and your vitamin C into two different doses. Um, if you take iron, you need to take your C about an hour beforehand. Now, you do need to take your thyroid medicine on an empty stomach. If you take ivermectin, you need to not take it with quercetin and split it up about eight hours apart if you can. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, that's why I do it. 
that's actually it, it's super interesting and that's probably something we should uh do a, a dedicated post on um because i know a, a lot of people as you know we're really um during this stay healthy protocol we're we're doing on our website and on youtube um we're talking a lot about vitamins so i think people are getting on more and more vitamins and and then it becomes okay well how do i take these um so we need to talk yeah. a little bit more about that um okay we're gonna get to the comments here guys and hang out there um let's see here um jamie asks what vitamins would you recommend for those with pots teens and adults to help with the fatigue and brain fog post-covid um of course i like uh, NAC a lot um, i like high dose what they call pro resolve and mediators which is really just a high dose of omega-3s you know like four grams of omega-3s there's also some interesting if you have pots um uh which means postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome um you can usually usually it's diagnosed by a tilt table test at the cardiologist but you can do some just some really cheap tests just to lay down and uh then stand, measure your pulse and your uh, blood pressure and then you stand up suddenly and if uh, your blood pressure stays the same, but your heart rate goes way up, then you probably have POTS. And certainly we're seeing a lot of that more post-COVID for long haulers. You see it more in younger females for some reason. Um, but uh, there, there's some, you don't have to get into to heavy dose medicines like Flornef for that. Um, there's a lot of side effects from that. You can certainly increase your salt intake. That That does help it. So... I like sea salt, Redmond's, Redmond's Real Salt's my favorite sea salt. Um, but there's some other medicines that can regulate your heart uh, that I won't get into that uh, virtually have no side effects. So, um, and, and, can... and, and Jamie, what I would um, encourage you to do is we, we did a, um, a, gosh, I think it was like a 45-minute video, um, which might make you not want to go watch it, but it, it's with um, Dr. Mark Ellis, um, who's a... Uh, a functional chiropractor in uh, Atlanta who deals with uh, pots all the time. So we talked to him about it and, and uh, his, just the way he described it was very um, understandable. And he talks a lot about what you can do. And so I would encourage you to go. go I'll mention something else because today I had a patient that I had seen and I hope she's watching and I hope to do a, a podcast with her, but she had remarkable success with a couple of things I did with her. I mean, she had, looked like a different person. This, I guess I saw her for the first time about two weeks ago, maybe, maybe a little longer, maybe three weeks, but um, she'd had COVID a year ago, had not tasted or smelled anything, went from a 60 hour work week to an eight, barely getting by eight hour work week in a high demanding job and nothing was really working. She had, um, Ciro converted her ANA positive, you know, again, COVID can trigger a lot of autoimmune diseases. And so she was miserable and had tried a lot of things, had seen some other doctors. And of course I put on my long COVID regimen 
And there's a lot of stuff you can do for brain fog too. I did a lot of stuff, but for her, um, I did it in two different steps. Number one, I put her on ivermectin, which, you know, is the mainstay of COVID in all phases for prophylaxis, for treatment, and then for long COVID. It works. Um, just don't go to the tractor supply and get it if you can help it. Get to and, don't, and, don't, and don't ask and us don't any, talk about it. Too and much. don't ask us any questions about it. <laughs> yeah, don't ask us any questions about it, you know. Um, but anyway, um, so anyway, so the first thing I do, I did was put her on ivermectin and, and I am going to get her on a podcast and she'll attest to this, but, but after one dose of ivermectin, she regained her, uh, taste and smell and it's been gone for one year but that doesn't happen to everybody, but in her, it did. The next thing I did, um, for her, I put her on LDN, low-dose naltrexone, because she was hurting a lot. She had a lot of, of pain with this, too, and stiffness, and just and no energy, brain fog, couldn't sleep. And she, she'd, all her life, she'd been bothered by night, night terror, so she never has slept well. This just made it 10 times worse. But anyway... After on the first night, and this could not have been placebo effect, I don't think, but on the very first night of taking her low dose naltrexone, um, she said about an hour after taking her first dose that she felt this warm sensation over her body and her pain immediately left her body and she started dreaming about flowers and clouds. <laughs> she had the best night's sleep she's ever had. And so this has been about, I guess she's been about three weeks out. And she says she's never slept better. She doesn't hurt. She looked like a totally different person. I mean, I, I just couldn't, it was the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. I, I will get her on a podcast because I've just got to have her podcast this. And uh, it was just kind of amazing. So that's really cool. Uh, so the two things there, naltrexone, lotus naltrexone, and ivermectin. But other things, sometimes I use Provigil for brain fog, um, which is modenafil. And sometimes I use um, Synapsin. It's a nasal spray that uh, a lot of race car drivers use for, um, it's a peptide for concentrating during the race. Um, you know, it's kind of expensive. You have to get it compounded. And certainly I put everybody on the high dose omega threes and, um, some of the other vitamins as well. But, uh, you know, um, a great question about brain fog and pots, because I'm seeing that a lot. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of fatigue, a lot of headaches, a lot of dizziness. Um, it's just amazing what COVID can do to you. Um, uh, two, two videos, watch the POTS video with, with Dr. Ellis, as well as the Vertigo um, uh, video. And those, those both were eye-opening for, for me. Um, so thank you for that question, Jamie. Uh, wonderful question here. Let's see Linda asks. Linda says, thanks to you and your... Oh, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. Um, can you address Zyrtec and Pepsid for preventative and or uh, treatment for COVID. Yeah, I, def I definitely treat it with both the H1 and the H2 blockers. It seems to uh, block down some of that histamine response, 
That's what H1 and H2 stand for. They just worked at different sites. But, um, yeah, and there's a lot of evidence that it, that it works for prophylaxis. I know I'm taking it, you know. I mean, so I, I think it's good to take um, take your Zyrtec at night, help you sleep as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I use that on everybody that has COVID. That's part of my regimen, along with the vitamins and all the other stuff that we use. Knack, you know, we use a lot of things. When you get COVID, we're going we're gonna to throw a bunch of vitamins at you, and, as well as some prescription medicines because we don't want you to move into that inflammatory cytokine storm phase and then develop blood clots. Um, I think we've seen it all. I mean, we've seen every phase of this disease um, the whole way through. And we're, you know, we're, we're peaking right now. We're, we're seeing so much of this. It's unbelievable uh, right now. And I, I'll, I'll put this up here just cause I'm, you know, uh, we, we're talking a little bit about it, but I, I will preface this that, you know, guys, this is not, uh, medical advice, this is just opinions and, and this certainly is not, um, doesn't substitute for, you know, actually seeing a, a physician. So, uh, we're encouraging everybody to go, to go see a doctor. If you have any, you know, with any of this stuff, we're, we're trying to educate and, uh, hopefully, um, give you guys the tools you need so that you can ask the right questions, um, and take more control over your health. That's the, the whole purpose of this Q&A tonight and uh, every single Tuesday when we do it. Uh, so, so please don't, don't, um, don't think that this is medical advice because uh, uh, we're, not, we're not Internet doctors. We're just trying to educate here. Um, so what's the, what's the thought on this uh, with Julie I'm on day 15 uh, post-COVID? Yeah, a couple of things I'll do is just what we talked about, Zyrtec and Pepsid, an H1 and H2 blocker. You can certainly take some ibuprofen for a sore throat. Uh, I like honey. I think honey works. Matter of fact, I'm going to be a beekeeper here very soon. I'm going <laughs> to sell my own honey. I really am. My brother, my retired brother has beehives, and he's making some wonderful uh, honey, and I'm going to get in on that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it into the office and combine it with some of the MDTs. Yes. Honey has so many healing effects on, on everything. Local, raw, unpasteurized honey is amazing. So you can try that. Certainly some saltwater gargles are good. And, um, you know, if it doesn't clear up, sometimes, you know, we may want to put you on a mild dose of a, you know, a steroid for a few days. Sometimes that'll make some amazing difference. Um, and sometimes a mucolytic, like mucinex. Um but that should get better. Flonase, you know, Flonase is great for reestablishing smell and taste too. So Flonase would probably help you as well. But um, it'll it'll get better. Um, so, do we know yet? Uh, as far as you know, for uh, this is about the, the yeah, it's called West Town Pharmacy. Huh. Okay. And Johnson City's doing it. And stay uh, tuned because I think there may be one coming in Kingsport as well. And I'm not sure in Knoxville who's doing it, but I just hope they ramp this up and really uh, get good use of it, especially for people that really have risk factors that are, it gets real hit pretty hard by it because you know, I certainly wouldn't uh, pass it over at all. Um, okay, guys, we are taking live questions. Thank you for, uh, for the comments here. Uh, if you do have a question for Dr. Rogers, we've got about 10 more minutes left, so uh, go ahead and put it in there. We're going to try to get to as many as we can. Um, 
let's see here. And, you know, by the way, if, if I missed you, uh, we, we asked people to send um, their question in throughout the week uh, with the subject line, just Q&A live, live question. And if I missed you, I, I am super sorry. Um, and, and put the question in here and we'll try to get to it or we'll get to it next week. Um, so just send me an email or put it in here and I'll make sure you're uh, up first uh, next week. And let's get to uh, T here. 51-year-old female. Doctor has me on a daily progesterone, 100 milligrams of promethium to try and help keep hormones balanced and for sleep improvement. Any harm in that long term? No, no. Promethium uh, <laughs> is how you pronounce it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that is a bioidentical progesterone. So, you know, it's available by prescription. So that's an, that's an okay one. Uh, certainly not uh, Provera. You should avoid that if possible. But um, yeah, progesterone, daily progesterone, it helps you sleep. It, it helps regulate or balance your estrogen levels. And uh, it helps keep weight off of you unless you get way too much. So make sure you take, you know, you get levels done every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, I love progesterone. Even if you've had a hysterectomy, you still need progesterone, in my opinion. It not only protects, you know, protects your endometrium, your uterus, but even, it also protects your breasts. So um, against unopposed estrogen. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, keep taking it the rest of your life. Um, it also helps hot flashes. Um, you, you, phase, you are as a, well as estrogen. You're a huge fan of progesterone. We, we talk quite a yeah. bit about that. Um, and it really I does put some men on it. I put some men on it. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to balance that, if they have too much estrogen in their systems. Uh, all right, let's go to, go to YouTube. Um, Mark, thank you for, for hanging out over there, uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, Mark asked, Amazon started removing NAC containing products. Uh, do you think this is because antiviral assay, uh, I see assay all the time. Is it assay or assay? Assay, assay. Assay, antiviral assay. Think ass, assay, okay? <laughs> um, showed that NAC caused 54.3% inhibition in SARS-CoV-2 replication. Um, yeah, I, I think that's maybe why they took it off, you know, because it works. You know, if you see them, if you see them start restricting things, it usually means it because it's working. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> ask me why. I don't know. But uh, it seems to be that way. If something works, they take it off the market because maybe they didn't think of it or, you know, maybe there's a more expensive drug to use. I don't know. But I can't figure it out. It's been, you know, it's been a supplement for six decades. And all of a sudden people are taking it for COVID and they take it off. I mean, go figure that. You know, it's a great mucolytic as well. Um, it has a lot of uh, great properties. It, it's a detoxifier. You know, I've been taking it for a long period of time. And certainly it's part of our treatment for regimen and also a very important part of the long COVID syndrome treatment. So, yeah, that, that's a good thinking, Mark. Mark. Mark's a deep thinker. And that may be, you know, if you put two and two together, Mark, sometimes it, you know, <laughs> can't say too much, you know, uh, but. Uh, go figure it out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for that question, Mark. Um, and let's see here. Let's go to Melanie. Melanie, thank you for, for hanging out uh, with us this evening. So good to see you. Uh, have you had any patients report severe heartburn slash 
acid reflux months after recovering from COVID? I really have. Yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, COVID gets into your intestines in your stomach uh, for much longer than it than it lasts in your respiratory system. So certainly, um, yeah. So you got to kind of think what may exacerbate that and what you can do about it. Certainly prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes. Um, I love Digest Shield twice a day. It works amazingly well for most uh, stomach systems. Um, and, you know, I'm not against, of course, Pepsid. You know, I, I try to avoid long-term use of uh, PPIs like Nexium and Omeprazole. They work, but you just don't want to have to take them too long unless you have something like a Barrett's esophagus. So, um, yeah, it does tend to, I've seen a lot of post-COVID long haulers have a lot of that. So, you know, try to avoid the foods that can exacerbate that, like coffee, chocolate, especially dark chocolate, and citrus and greasy foods. Um, of course, don't eat and lay down um, and see how that works. Even some people don't have enough acid in their stomach and they, they'll take a betaine tablet and uh, it gets better. That means you don't have enough acid in your stomach. But uh, certainly um, take Digest Shield and, and try to play around with what may be causing that and get on the, all the other stuff that we treat COVID long haulers with like NAC and, you know, the high dose omega-3s um, uh, and that type of thing. But, yeah, great question. Yeah, I do see that. And if, uh, uh, Melanie, you, you might already uh, be taking Digest Shield, but if, you, if anybody is wanting Digest Shield, they can find it at uh, shieldnutra.com. Um, huge fans of, of Digest Shield and Shield Nutra. Um, okay, let's go. I'm just going to put this up here because I think this is uh, really cool. So Rhonda says, you know, discuss spacing out vitamins in detail in future Q&A and selecting good vitamin brands. Uh, so, like, what we'll do there is, guys, if you have suggestions for, um, you know, future Common Sense MD um, episodes, you know, topics you want Dr. Rogers to do kind of a deep dive on, uh, this is a great place to put those, uh, kind of put those out there for us. Uh, we love you know, taking um, things that you guys want to hear more from us uh, and, and then going up and, and doing a deep dive. Um, that's how we started the Stay Healthy Protocol uh, series these last few weeks with, with NAC and uh, we're getting ready to do one on DHA. And look, at, and look at the one I did today that came out on thiamine. Okay. That's another thought for brain fog is to use thiamine. Of course, the B-complex vitamins are, are part of our um, – COVID regimen that we use for treating that. You know, B vitamins are great for energy and they're great for your immune system, but vitamin in particular, uh, vitamin B1 um, in the form of benfotamine, which makes it uh, more fat soluble, uh, a lot more bioavailable. You know, of course we use it for alcoholism and we use it for peripheral neuropathy, but it's really good for um, post COVID too. Um, uh, so think about Vitamin, It's another one. Great uh, idea, though. Uh, real quick, can you can you just um, kind of go over uh, how many hours you're taking off um, when you talk about intermittent fasting and, and just the way uh, you kind of go about your day uh, for Jamie here? Okay, I started out with a Krispy Kreme donut in a in a uh, caramel latte. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's not true, Jamie. <laughs> I used to do that years ago. 
Um, but then I started gaining a little bit of weight around my midsection and nothing's worse than a skinny fat guy. Okay. There's nothing worse. So, um, so really, really, I don't do any. So what I do, Jamie, I do 17 hours uh, off, which means I, I don't eat anything most nights past seven o'clock until noon the next day, except for black coffee, which I've had to learn to tolerate. I actually kind of enjoy it now and water. So, those are the two things that um, uh, I do. So I eat in a seven-hour period. Now, it's different for different people. Um, so some people do well with 16 off, 8 on. Some people do well with 18 off, 6 on. Everybody's different. So you have to kind of play around with it a little bit. And so then for lunch, I, I like a salad with turkey. Um, sometimes I'll have thin sliced bread a little bit. I don't totally knock it out, but I try not to eat much bread. Um, I like turkey. I like organic chicken. Anything, any meats need to be organic if you can do it. Certainly don't eat uh, luncheon meats. Otherwise, um, processed meats. I like aged cheeses. I like nuts except peanuts. Leave them out. Um, a lot of vegetables. You know, I like to eat a lot of vegetables and it, so I don't snack in the afternoon really anymore. Uh, I go home and eat dinner usually. Uh, I, I'm, I like fish. I, I don't eat so much red meat anymore. I don't tend to digest it very well. And my something called a TMAO level is kind of high in me. I'm going to do a podcast on that maybe next week. It's a, it's a cardiac marker. Um, and it has to do with your ability to tolerate red meat. Uh, your gut microbiome kind of controls that. And it really makes a difference in some of the supplements you may want to avoid. Like if you have this, like I do, avoid L-carnitine um, and choline. Uh, so um, I, I'm going to do a podcast on that. But so intermittent fasting, um, remember, we're not meant to, as humans, we're meant, we're meant to feast or fast. We're not meant to graze all day. And certainly if you eat breakfast, especially if you're eating cereal or toast or carbs, you know, you're going to be hungry all day. You know, I've found with intermittent fasting, um, after about a week of it or so, you know, I don't get hungry and I have a lot more energy because it actually puts you into ketosis every day, which just means you're burning fat instead of carbs. You're burning your own fat. And that's the best way to get to that abdominal fat that everybody's trying to get rid of. So, um, I love intermittent fasting. I think it's the best tool, um, practically speaking, that you can do to, to keep your weight off, especially belly fat. That and a, and a pretty low-carb diet um, are the two mainstays of uh, my lifestyle. And people come to me with weight problems all the time. That's what I recommend. So um, read about it. It's a great, um, uh, great reads. Fast Feast repeats a good book. That's to read. right. Yeah. Um, um, what we might do is we. Doctor Fung has a lot of good stuff about it too. Yeah, but, uh, I remember you talking about fast, feast, and repeat. You guys uh, check that book out. Um, okay. Really, really good one. I know it changed your mind uh, quite a bit about um, intermittent fasting. He's just a good god. Yeah. Um, okay, so Sue asks, um, is glimepiride and metformin paired together good for type two diabetes? Um, no, um, th there's no interaction between the two. 
Glimipramide, though, is a terrible drug. If you're on it, please work with your doctor and get you off of this. It's an old class of drugs called the Sifonioreas that I never use this anymore. As a matter of fact, somebody comes to me for uh, advice on their diabetes, and I treat thousands of them. I've raised two diabetic kids. I know what I'm talking about when I treat diabetes. Um, but it's a, it's a terrible drug because it, it overstimulates your pancreas, kind of burns your pancreas out. And it used to be one of the few things that we had, you know, can, to bring your sugars down. But it's just there's so many more options now. That's one medicine you really need to get off of. Um, uh, that's, that's just a bad boy in my opinion. You know, your doctor may disagree with me, but if they do, they, they're probably pretty old-fashioned doctor. There's so many more good choices out there. So um, think about the metformin I like. You know, but but there's a lot more options out there. The GLP-1 agonists, the SGLT uh, drugs, so just so many better ways to do this. Uh, and, and you know, you want to if you're type two, which obviously you are, stay try to stay off insulin. Um, that's a last resort. Um, so that's not a good medicine. Metformin I like. Um, if, if metformin gives you too much stomach upset. Think about berberine, works pretty good. Um, but anyway. All right, thank you for that question, Sue. Um, Ray on YouTube asks, is DHEA safe to take for someone on a blood pressure medicine or will it likely raise my blood pressure? What size dose for a 61-year-old male? Um, I like DHEA. You know, I'll check a lot of DHEA levels to see where you're at. Uh, certainly it's a testosterone precursor. Uh, but... Um, you know, I haven't seen it affect blood pressure that much. Um, you, you know, anything you start like that, you should monitor it. Um, I rarely see testosterone bumping anybody's blood pressure up. You know, that's an adrenal hormone, uh, DHEA is. So I also measure cortisol levels. Um, but um, so probably not, uh, but it's a, it's, it's a really good supplement. I surely take it uh, every day. And, you know, I'm 66, you're 61. I take 25 milligrams. Some people recommend 50 for males. Certainly if you're a female, I wouldn't take over 15 milligrams of it. Um, because if you do, you'll start getting hair loss. And women don't like that. Uh, so, and just check levels and see what your levels are. Uh, most people have low levels. So it's a great supplement for a lot of reasons, a lot of good benefits. All right. Thank you for that. For that, Ray. Let's get um, this is uh, one I'm sure people are thinking of. Zyrtec and melatonin okay together at night. Uh, my assumption is yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Could make you kind of if it drags you out too much the next morning. Like um, this depends on the dose of melatonin. And like when I take Zyrtec, I bump it. I just take half of one. You know, I'm, I'm very conservative when it comes to medicine. I've got a high metabolic rate. I'm lean, 160 pounds, so, you know, I don't need a full dose of Zyrtec because it does drag me out a little bit in the morning, especially because I take melatonin as well. So everybody has their different tolerances, so don't ever start both of them at the same time. And start out real low, like pop a 10 Zyrtec and take a half and just take a five. Um, that's what I would do. All right. Mark has uh, a question about um, a bunch of words. I don't know if I can pronounce. Uh, what are your thoughts on using bromelain and 
acetylcysteine, acetylcysteine um, bromac to synergistically inactivate. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, that's going to fly here. It's, it's a knack. And yeah, bromelain, which I think comes in, in our vitamin C, life extension. So yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for, you know, you know, I think it does help uh, with COVID-19. I'm not sure if it totally inactivates it by itself. I hit it with a lot of different things. Zinc, you know, if you, if you get the zinc into the cells, that's why you use quercetin to bring the zinc down into the cell to kill the virus. Um, it's called an ionophore. Uh, the same thing, that's how hydroxychloroquine works as well. So, um, uh, yeah, great question. Yeah, I'd use it for sure. Um, hey, Sam, uh, thanks for, for hanging out with us and, and watching, man. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, hey, Dr. Rogers, thanks for doing the FB Live shows. Um, I recently tested positive for T-cells via the T-detect test. I had COVID in December of 2020. Any idea how long these stay in the body? That's awesome. I really, I'm trying to get this test in my lab. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, certainly the T-cells are the important thing. You know, B-cells are as well, but the T-cells... Um, I think it's CD4. Um, they tend to give you a longer lasting immunity. And um, they even have been purported to kind of, even after you can't detect them. And I don't know how long, I think they're, they may stay active forever in your body. That's what the hope is because they kind of migrate to your bone marrow, these memory T cells. And I, I'm not sure how long, they're going to be detected, but you should, you know, you should just do those tests every three to six months and just see how long they stay positive. But my, my gut feeling is that they, they're going to, they're going to hide out and, you know, and, and stay positive for your whole life. I mean, like I say all the time, the best thing you can do is to have COVID and to get over it, you know, without, without much problem. And you may have a lifelong immunity. You know, I've certainly seen a few break, through cases of uh, um, some people have had COVID, but not a lot. And it seems uh, to be a lot less severe if you get it. One case was a little bit worse, I think. But you know, you got to say, well, what kind of tests did they have run? The the antigen tests are a lot of times inaccurate. And but I, I certainly think that having COVID uh, yourself and developing that type of immunity to all five parts of this virus is better than um, the other way you, you think you're going to get immunity, which I'm not going to mention, that only uh, coats with the spike protein. So certainly that's, uh, that's by far the best way to, to get immunity from this thing. Uh, thank you for that question, Sam. Thank you for hanging out with us on Tuesdays. Uh, Sarah asks, how do you interpret a semi-quantitative COVID antibody test of greater than 300 in terms of immunity protection against new infection? Yeah, I think that's a good number. You know, again, um, and again, those are B antibodies that they're checking. They're not checking for T cells. So certainly the B cells are going to be more measurable through a normal lab test. Unless you're lucky and you found a lab like Sam did. Um, well, I'll just but, go ahead and put uh, this up there. Sam says that uh, LabCorp does the blood draw, so that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really exciting to me. Um, 
So insurance doesn't uh, cover it. Well, that doesn't surprise me. But I, I, Sam, put on there how much that test costs you. Um, that'd be really interesting uh, how much you had to pay for it, if you don't mind. But uh, since this is an interactive. Yeah, no, I, I, I love but, it. We uh, appreciate it. So if you can put it on there. But um, uh, so the last thing we're taught, what was that last question? Uh, kinda. uh, I'm sorry. I moved away from that. Got excited about the, the lab core test. Um, Sarah, Sarah, uh, said about the, do you interpret semi-quantitative COVID antibody tests of greater than 300? Yeah, I think that's a good, I've seen levels up to 2000 and so I've seen levels of four. So again, the higher, probably the better, you know, they're not sure how to really interpret those quantitative tests. I was reading something tonight about it uh it was a epidemiologist out of stanford was talking on a deep level about um these these um assays and how you know what these numbers mean and there's a lot of question about what they really mean um and which labs how they um they go about doing the test and such but you know, from what I know, the higher, the better. So you certainly a test of greater than 300 looks good. So, um, and it doesn't mean when that thing goes to zero, you don't have protection. You do, you have the T cell immunity. Then we'll send you to LabCorp, put and find out how much it costs. And uh, from Sam, and uh, we'll send you over there. Um, I'm I sure LabCorp has done it. Quest can't be far behind, but um, so. And I'm going to put this up. Uh, Heather, uh, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us uh, tonight. Um, she is uh, down in uh, in Georgia um, treating patients. We appreciate you uh, doing all that great work down there. Um, so she started many of her patients on Digest Shield and having wonderful success. That's awesome. Uh, the results have been amazing. What are your thoughts on colonoscopy versus Cologuard? Thanks, Heather. That's a great question. And I'm, I've been just amazed at Digest Shield. In 36 years of practice, I've never seen a gut pill that works this well. I think I've only seen it really not help somebody once or twice. Um, and they were severe patients. And then they got a GI map, and hopefully that'll help them figure it out, their microbiome. But um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful product. Um, but yeah, here, here's a little personal thing I'll tell you about the colonoscopy versus Curligard. Here's my gut feeling on it. That's a good one, gut feeling. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day, you know. But um, anyway, um, I reckon, I think you should get a baseline colonoscopy when you're 50. Or really, they're saying 45 now, so even sooner. But um, just to just to kind of look and see what it looks like, you know, make sure there's nothing in there. Now, and if you don't have a family history, if your colonoscopy is completely normal, if you don't have a family history of colon cancer and no symptoms at all, then you can think about getting a Cologuard in 10 years after your colonoscopy. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, that's what I did this year. You know, I wasn't too keen on getting another one, <laughs> you know, not that I'm against them. Uh, but that's what I did. I got a Cologuard. This unfortunately turned out okay, but I'm gonna do that every three years. Instead, you need them more frequently. So um, uh, somebody's car alone is going on. Yeah, I'm, 
Sorry about that. That's uh, in the parking lot outside here. Let's get to a few more questions, guys. Somebody may be stealing your car. Ben. <laughs> I really hope that's not mine. Uh, okay, let's get to this. because so The I, last looks of your car, I would hope it would be your car. You know, um, that thing needs some maintenance. <laughs> How long have you had it? 15 years? Uh, my car has uh, 200 and 290,000 miles on it. And... Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a Toyota. Uh, we love Toyotas, and uh, that thing it's just going to go forever. Knock on wood. Uh, but what what he's referring to is I have not uh, I have not tricked it out, as the young people might say. You, you not uh, only hadn't tricked it out, you haven't washed that thing in the fifteen <laughs> years you've had it. Literally, it's terrible. Uh, I'm a car guy. You don't care about cars, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, I hear people in the crowd laughing. I, so that, you know, I, I do need to, uh, I need, need to, to see Ben drive up in his car. He really, you know, <laughs> has some missing parts. Let's get to Sam. <laughs> Sam has great news. Let's get to Sam's, uh, uh Sam's comment at $219 for, for that T detect, uh, test from LabCorp. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Sam put that. So that, to me, that would be worth it. That would be worth it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get one too. But yeah, that other way to get the spike protein, uh, I'd rather do it the natural way if possible. But, um, um, that's, that's great info, Sam. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. Let's get one more in very here. Very tactful, Sam. Very tactful. <laughs> I'm trying to be tactful. You know, uh, I, I want I like get... to stay on air. You know, <laughs> keep my license. Okay. <laughs> We're, we're going to have to sign off here pretty soon, guys. Uh, let's let's see here. Uh, Julie asked, I, I wanted to get to this just because, honestly, what, what caught my eye, Julie, is the swimmer part. I'm, I'm pumped about uh, your son being a swimmer. Uh, my son is a swimmer and just got over COVID. He did your regimen for COVID. Uh, what supplements do you suggest he take to help him with his fatigue post-COVID? Also, uh, how do you feel about creatine for a boost in athletic performance um, like swimming? Um, that's a great question. I'm glad he's swimming. You know, some athletes are required to get an echocardiogram, um, afterwards, but certainly, um, I don't think it's necessary for everybody unless they had a pretty severe case of it. You know, you worry a little bit about myocarditis, but, um, I did read an interesting article this week about how in teenage boys that, uh, the other way to get that spike protein in your body um, is a lot worse than uh, your chances of myocarditis with getting, you know, by the, by actually having COVID. So, um, but so certainly if he, if he's asymptomatic, no chest pain, no shortness of breath, you know, um, cause sometimes I get a little pleurisy and a little more pericarditis pain in the, in the heart area, but um, certainly, um, there is some fatigue post-COVID. I love the NAC and I love the pro-resolving mediators, which just means high dose of omega-3s, uh, fish oil, preferably krill. Um, so, um, and, and of course, the B vitamins that I like for not only your immune system, but for energy. I like CoQ10. I would definitely add CoQ10 to his regimen. Uh, make sure his gut's working right. Um, and it just depends on the age. Sometimes I use ivermectin. Um, and creatine, you know, as long as you're, um, it's okay. You'll definitely gain a little muscle with it. 
you don't need to load with creatine for sure. Um, and just as long as you're hydrating with it, um, you know, a lot of studies say it doesn't really boost it that much in the end, but I know a lot of people that lift weights and, and like it cause it seems to, uh, increase muscle mass a, a little bit. So I'm not against it. Um, just make sure you're hydrating, uh, with it. And I'm, I'm sure as a swimmer, you know, you're probably hydrating pretty well learn that lesson, but that's, that's awesome. Swimming is so strenuous. Thank you. It's got to be the best exercise. Out oh, there. I, I think it's, it's so hard. Um, yeah. it is the, and good for you. Yeah. The best cardio. Um, it's just, unless a, you're a little old lady with osteoporosis, then it's not weight bearing. So it's great for your muscles and all, but it's not going to improve your bone density. Huh. I, had a, I had a lady came in with that question this week. So she needs a little light weights and walking and some, you know, some, that's interesting exercises, but uh, anyway, that's interesting. Um, um, okay. Let's, let's get this real quick and then we're going to sign off here, guys. Um, do you like Dave's killer bread? No, I do not <laughs> like it. My wife loves it, but I, I get on her every time she brings that home. You know why they talk, call it Dave's killer bread because it can kill you. That's why it's not good. Okay. Leave it out. It's got glutens in it and you know, it's, it's, it's a hype. I'm telling you, I do not like Dave's killer bread. What what bread do you what <laughs> what bread do you like? Um, I, I I just like um really something really thin sliced like you know I like something that doesn't have a lot of carbs in it. The problem with that is it it kind of tastes like cardboard. So you can you can get gluten free breads. Ezekiel breads another you know kind of natural seeded bread you can get if you can find it i think they even have a gluten-free version i've never been able to find it but um i just i like just not much bread at all just something real thin sliced like a pita or something you know and i personally even though it has no nutritional value I, i'd get white bread over wheat bread because i don't like uh um the whole grain idea but Actually, my favorite bread, Bianca, is sourdough. Yeah, that's. Um, I, I love thin sliced sourdough bread. I think it's actually not that bad for you. It still has carbs, but you know, none of the yeast or, or stuff like that in it. So, but yeah, Dave's Killer Bread—that's a good name for it. Um, guys, that is gonna gonna do it for tonight. If I did not get to your question, if I missed you, I'm super sorry. I'm gonna go over it tonight, and you guys will be up. Uh, uh, during uh, the next show, uh, next week, Tuesday, we'll get your question in then. Uh, so I apologize about that. Um, but, man, I, I, Dr. Raj, I appreciate you, you hanging out with me and hanging out with everybody and answering all the questions. Uh, this is so much fun. Like, we, we love interacting with you guys. Uh, we hope that um, after these segments you feel more informed, uh, you, you feel like you have uh, tools in your tool belt uh, to uh, live a, a, a healthy healthy life and a, and a great rest of the 2021. And don't worry about, you know, um, if you, if you're our patient, we're, we're going to treat you. You know, a lot of people are worried about us not being able to treat COVID. We're still treating COVID. If you're our patient, of course, we're going to treat you. Um, but we're just having to kind of, we've got an overwhelmed staff and, you know, in the past we've treated all comers from all over the country. We're just going to have to probably limit that because some of the medicines are very hard to find in, in parts 
but uh, certainly for our, our patient, don't worry about it, you're going to get treatment. So don't hesitate to call the office or with any questions about COVID, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to answer and help you out the best we can. And, and often this is the best place to do it. So um, come hang out with us every Tuesday. Uh, we're going to do this next week uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, Heather, I see you, Joy. I see you. Love you. Uh, Carla, thank you so much. Um, thank you for all y'all's questions. Bianca, thank you. Um, I'm just going to, you know, what? I, I love putting uh, brandy up here. Uh, base culture, gluten-free, low-carb, and tastes like real bread. Uh, I, I, I was brandy's, so, brandy's amazing. I go to brandy when I need to find something out. I, I love that. Uh, I love that. are working out. She knows what she's doing. So <laughs> good tip. Thank you. Uh, I like that, Brandy. Thank you so much. Um, and she says that that is um, at Ingalls. So you guys can uh, look through the comments there. Uh, lots of great information. Um, so thank you, guys. We love you. If I didn't get to your question, I apologize. We'll get to it uh, next week. Come join us uh, next week, next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Uh, we mentioned Digest Shield a lot tonight. If you guys are interested in that, shieldnutra.com. Uh, if you want more information like this uh, every week um, in, your, in your email, uh, email me, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net, subject line email list. Uh, we send out Performance Weekly every single Tuesday that has all of the content that we put out uh, throughout the week. So it's a great place to kind of keep in touch with us. And, uh, and Jeannie says, go to our, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. My, my mother... Uh, would love for you guys to uh, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. So uh, I would somehow it makes you look good if you if you get a bunch of subscribers to YouTube. <laughs> well, we so. would my my mother would appreciate it. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel for uh, more. Information. I just go there to learn different guitar songs, but uh, <laughs> certainly you know there's a lot of good info on there. So subscribe to our channel and don't worry, there's no videos of Dr. Rogers playing guitar on our YouTube channel. Uh, so, uh, go check that out for health and wellness information. We love you guys. We're going to sign off. We'll be back next week. Uh, same time, 7 PM next week. Uh, so as always, we'll see you next time. Dr. Rogers. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.